Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's COVID-19 briefing includes comments from Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors Chair Pro Tem Hilda Solis, and an update from Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Thanks in advance for listening, and as a reminder, please be sure to subscribe to our show in your podcast app, and follow our department across all social media, at LA Public Health. And now, Supervisor Solis. And thank you for joining us today at the Daily Press Briefing. I'm LA County Board of Supervisor Hildale Solis, the Chair Pro Tem of Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. And I'd like to thank Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Department of Public Health, who will also be joining us today again for her briefing. From the beginning of the crisis, we heard nationwide reports about the limited COVID-19 testing capacity. This is troubling because large-scale and accessible testing of COVID-19 is the key to containing the coronavirus. However, here in Los Angeles County, I want to remind our residents that we do have the capacity to test. You can be tested by COVID-19 if you have the following symptoms. Fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, or a new loss of taste or smell. And if you don't have these symptoms, you can still be tested if you are over the age of 65, have a chronic medical condition, are an essential worker, or live in a congregate institutional setting. And thanks to a new partnership with Governor Gavin Newsom, we're adding additional testing sites, including a site at Cal State LA. Currently, we have the capacity to test 20,000 people every day through our regional testing sites. So please visit covid19.lacounty.gov testing or just call 211 to make an appointment. Please urge your family, your neighbors, or anyone else you know to sign up for testing if they meet these qualifications. The test itself is not painful. The test is free and you can be tested even if you don't have health insurance. And importantly, all people, regardless of immigration status, can be tested. Widespread testing helps inform our strategies on when and how fast to reopen. Coronavirus, as you know, can affect anyone. Yet new data shows that communities of color, particularly black and Latinx communities, are disproportionately affected. Latinos and blacks are generally less likely to be able to work from home. They are also more likely to work in essential service jobs that require them to leave their home to earn a living, and at the same time, increasing their risk to exposure. Both groups also experience overcrowded housing conditions at higher rates. The Los Angeles Times recently found that the county has five of the 10 most crowded zip codes in the United States. And according to public health officials, these housing conditions can cause the virus to spread more rapidly. In addition, black and brown communities are more likely to suffer from the underlying health conditions that make people more vulnerable to COVID-19, such as heart disease, obesity, diabetes, and asthma. And last month, early racial data released by the state and our own LA County Health Departments suggested Latinx residents were not, were not facing any higher rate of infection or death because of the virus. But now we have more data and it shows what some experts predicted, an increase in rates of infection among, amongst Latinos. 
Here is the latest data on COVID cases and deaths by race and ethnicity. So far in 2020, Latinos account for 3,242 of the COVID-19 cases and for 690 of the deaths related to COVID-19. Latinos make up about half of the county's population, but 55% of all COVID-19 cases. Blacks make up 7% of the COVID-19 cases and 12% of the COVID-19 deaths, even though they only make up 8% of the county's population. Our race and ethnicity data remains incomplete, with 13,335 cases and 18 deaths still under investigation. However, this preliminary information serves to underscore how important it is that everyone, regardless of health insurance, age, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, race, employment, income, and immigration status, everyone must have access to COVID-19 testing and COVID-19 treatment so that we can meet the needs of our entire county population. It has been challenging to ensure that critical public health information is reaching everyone in our diverse county. Here in Los Angeles County, our county departments and staff have made great efforts to share information widely on many platforms and in multiple languages so that it is accessible. We'll keep working to provide this critical data to make clear that COVID-19 is not something anyone should ignore. For the sake of our own health and that of your loved ones, please get tested. This remains a time of great uncertainty and fear. Still, it is my hope that everyone will continue to care for themselves and others. LA County is a community of courage, one that will march on and adapt to our current reality. You have met the crisis with your kindness for your fellow residents, wearing a mask when you pick up a dinner from your favorite local restaurant, stepping aside to ensure at least six feet of distance when you pass by someone in the street, and offering to pick up groceries for your elderly neighbor. These are the moments that will see us through this crisis. Thank you so much. With that, I would now like to introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much, Supervisor Solis, and to the entire Board of Supervisors. We continue to benefit from your steady and compassionate, caring leadership through this unprecedented time. To update you today on our current status, I'm sad to report that 76 people uh, have died uh, from COVID-19. Uh, 52 of the people who died are over the age of 65, and 48 of the people who are over the age of 65 and passed away had underlying health conditions. 19 people who died are between the ages of 41 and 65, and 14 of the people in this age group also had underlying health conditions. Two of the people who died are between the ages of 18 and 40, and both of the people uh, who were in this younger age group did also have underlying health conditions. Information on the one death that's reported by the city of Long Beach and the two deaths that are reported by the city of Pasadena are available at longbeach.gov and cityofpasadena.net. This does bring the total number of deaths to 1,913 in LA County. Upon further investigation, two deaths that we previously reported were found to be outside of the LA County jurisdiction. Each day as we share this information with you, we know that there are people across our community who have suffered tremendous loss. For those of you who are mourning um, the loss of a loved one to COVID-19, 
we wish you healing and peace. For the 1,722 people who passed away where race and ethnicity information has been identified, 39% are Latino or Latinx, 29% are white, 18% are Asian, 12% are African American, 1% are Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, and 1% identified with another race or ethnicity. 92% of all of the people who have passed away from COVID-19 had underlying health conditions. And this number has not really changed for the last three weeks. Uh, if you have an underlying health condition as a reminder, we'd ask you to please stay at home as much as possible, even during our recovery phases. And if you have uh, any mild symptoms, please call your healthcare provider and call 211 if you don't have a healthcare provider because they can help you find a provider in your community. Today, we're also reporting 1,183 new cases. Uh, we typically will see an increase in cases on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because we're catching up often from the backlog from the weekend. This brings the total number of people who've tested positive for COVID-19 in LA County to 39,573. The 39,573 total cases we're reporting include 1,305 total cases reported by the city of Long Beach and 702 total cases reported by the city of Pasadena. Both these cities have their own independent uh, city health departments. We're also reporting uh, 300 confirmed cases among people experiencing homelessness. Half of these cases uh, occurred in people who were sheltered and those folks have been appropriately isolated and their close contacts quarantined. The majority of people who are experiencing homelessness and tested positive for COVID-19 who were sheltered were guests at the Union Rescue Mission where every guest was tested. There are 5,914 people who have tested positive for COVID-19 that, that have been at some point uh, during their illness hospitalized. And this is now 15% of all of our positive cases. Today, there's 1,549 people who tested positive for COVID-19 that are hospitalized. 27% of the people are in the ICU and 19% of the people are on ventilators. And we are continuing to see slight decreases in the number of people who are hospitalized on a given day. Uh, we've investigated over 430 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed or suspect case of COVID-19. Of these, 398 are currently being investigated and 32 are closed investigations. These settings do include nursing homes, assisted living facilities, shelters, treatment centers, supportive living, correctional facilities, workplaces, food and retail, and educational settings. The total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings is now over 10,000, 10,097 to be exact. And this includes 6,596 people who are residents and 3,501 people who are staff. And I'm sad to report that 996 people who were living in institutional settings have died from COVID-19. And this represents 52% of all of our deaths. The vast majority of the people who died in institutional settings did live in our skilled nursing facilities. And to the families and the friends of the people who lived at these facilities who have passed away, we offer our deepest condolences.
and we pledge to do everything we can to work with all of the staff and all of the managers and the owners and our staff to make sure that we're addressing any of the concerns uh, at these facilities so that they can be as safe as possible for both employees and for residents. We're reporting 641 confirmed cases at some point in our jail facilities. 497 are among people who are incarcerated and 144 among staff. The Sheriff's Office is reporting today for their facilities 266 people who are incarcerated have tested positive for COVID-19. 231 people who are incarcerated have recovered. 346 people uh, who are incarcerated are in isolation. And 5,217 people who are incarcerated are quarantined. There's 176 cases in the state prison. 126 are among people who are incarcerated and 50 are among staff. And there are 695 cases in the federal prison facilities, 681 among people who are incarcerated, and 14 among staff. The vast majority of these cases are located uh, among people who are at Terminal Island. And there are now 20 cases in our juvenile facilities, 8 among youth and 12 among staff. We do post a, a report every day on our website uh, with confirmed and suspect cases at the facilities as well as a dashboard with all of, all of the other information about our cases. And you can see this on our website at publichealth.lacounty.gov. The LA County Sheriff's Department is reporting 181 positive cases among staff, 586 staff are quarantined, and 1,018 staff have returned to work. The LA County Fire Department is reporting that 238 staff members have been tested for COVID-19, 22 staff have tested positive, 18 are isolated at home, 19 have returned to work, and four are at home sick. Thank you so much, Sheriff Villanueva and Chief Osby for sharing this data with us every day. Over, three, oh, over 358,000 COVID-19 test results for individuals have been reported to the LA County Department of Public Health, and 9% of people who were tested were positive. Uh, as a reminder, and uh, with thanks to uh, Dr. Christina Galley and her team, uh, there are appointments still available at the regional testing sites. You can find testing sites and make an appointment online at covid19.lacounty.gov testing. Across our county, there are more and more people returning to work and visiting retail businesses every day, and we are happy to see you out and about. Uh, and there are protocols that are on our website that describe what steps businesses are taking to protect their employees and their customers. Uh, and as a reminder, employees who can work from home should continue to try to do so whenever it's possible. And any staff, any staff or employees at places of business who are in a group that is of greater risk for serious illness for COVID-19, and this includes older adults and people with underlying health conditions, uh, we ask that these people continue to be wherever possible assigned to work that can be done remotely or in an environment that minimizes contact with others. Uh, it's also very important to remind ourselves as we're back at work that if we don't feel well, we should not be going into work. And if we've tested positive for COVID-19, we need to stay home in isolation. 
for employees who are returning to work, uh, you are being asked to do a symptom check uh, before you come in. You can either do that remotely in some locations or you may be asked to do it in person. Uh, and this really helps uh, make sure that people who have any symptoms, even of mild illness, are able to stay home. Uh, all employees need to be able to wear a cloth face covering at work whenever they're around any other people, either employees and or customers. And the employer is asked to provide, at no cost to the employee, the face, uh, the face coverings. Uh, there also need to be frequent breaks for employees so that they're able to go and wash their hands. Uh, all aspects of infection control are important. Um, so shared and high-touched areas like bathrooms and break rooms do need to be disinfected frequently, and the entire facility needs to be cleaned at least once a day. Hand sanitizer, tissues, and trash cans should always be available for customers to use. Uh, wherever there are workstations, uh, those should be separated, when possible, by at least six feet. And breaks should be staggered to ensure that people can maintain physical distancing in the break rooms and in other shared areas. And we ask you, if you're a customer that's visiting a non-essential uh, retail establishment, uh, please note that you are not able to enter the store, uh, and instead what you'll be doing is getting your items doorside or curbside. And if there are other people that are waiting to pick up items, please remember to keep your six-foot distance. Uh, oftentimes you'll see tape or markings that will help make sure that you're able to stay apart from each other. Uh, and as a reminder, uh, everyone who's a customer uh, does need to have a cloth face covering uh, on as well. Uh, these are the ways that employers and employees have asked all of us to help make sure that workplaces and retail establishments are safe for everyone. I think reopening has proven to be a lot harder than we may have envisioned. Uh, and as we are all making major adjustments to our businesses and our day-to-day -day lives that we thought we'd never need to make, many of us may be experiencing fear, frustration, anxiety, and depression. Uh, and I know this is all very difficult. And uh, I want to acknowledge that for many who are going back to work this week, there are legitimate concerns around safety that are making you feel anxious and afraid. I ask that you talk with your employers or that you call our mental health hotline uh, to get some help if you're feeling uh, overwhelmed uh, by your anxiety. Uh, yesterday I did mention that the tools we have in this pandemic as individual people are to keep our distance and to wear cloth face coverings. This is because we don't yet have a vaccine. But I do want to remind us we do have each other. And each of us has the power to protect other people. And by working together, we do reopen in ways that make sure that workers and residents are safe. So thank you so much for doing your very best effort. You're making a difference, and your actions continue to save lives. And now we'll open for questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press 1 and then 0 on your touchstone phone. You'll hear an acknowledgment tone indicating you've been clicked in queue. In the interest of giving everyone an opportunity, please limit yourself to one question. Once again, if you have a question, please press 1, then 0 at this time. Our first question will come from Colleen Shelby with LA Times. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, Newsom had said earlier that the rate of people testing positive for the coronavirus is more important to track than the total. 
was wondering if you could tell us what the positivity rate has been in LA County for the past two weeks um, compared to what it was during the worst of the outbreak. Do you have that information? Sure, thanks a lot, uh, great question. I'm not sure I, I have the uh, exact numbers, but I can definitely give you an idea and uh, our communications team can get back with you to verify. Um, so uh, at the height of uh, the pandemic a few weeks ago for us here in LA County, our positivity rates were somewhere between 13 and 15%. Um, the last two weeks we've seen a steady decline. It's not been as low as it is now. Now it's at 9% uh, until the last few days. We've been more like 10%, 11% uh, for the last week or so. Um, but we are seeing a decline. I, I noted yesterday, I think this is in part a reflection um, that there are more people who are uh, being tested who don't have symptoms. Um, and that, in fact, is driving down uh, the rate of positivity. Um, just, just because at the begin very beginning, the only people who could get tested were people who were pretty sick. Um, and I think they had a higher chance, since they were pretty sick, of being positive uh, than other members who are asymptomatic with no symptoms uh, being tested. So we'll take the next question. Thank you. Our next question will come from Ryan Carter with Los Angeles Daily News. Please go ahead. Yes. Hi. Hi, doctor. Can you hear me okay? Hello? Yes. We hear you great. Okay. Great. All right. Thank you kindly. Um, all right. So I see that uh, county and business leaders have set a uh, target date of uh, July 4th for a uh, safe, re uh, uh, a quote-unquote safe reopening of businesses across the county. And just sort of in light of what you've been saying today and for the last several days, if I wondered if you could elaborate that on that or whether uh, Supervisor Solis can or you both can. And um, is this all businesses or certain kinds of businesses you're talking about fully reopening? Uh, and how realistic is that given, given the trend lines that you're seeing? And uh, kind of wanted to push a little bit too on whether there are any, any efforts underfoot to deal with regional variation um, and stay, uh, stay home easing in certain parts of the county. Thank you. Well, you bring up a very important issue. We are having those discussions now. Uh, we had a resili resiliency task force uh, meeting earlier today, and there was a lot of discussion about how we would proceed. But again, I have to underscore that whatever we do uh, will, be very, will be done very cautiously and with the data provided by our health outcomes. So that will, I hope, uh, people will understand, will help us to drive and hopefully uh, really make some better decisions about how we go about opening certain segments of our business. So I have to tell you that it's going to be a process that's going to continue more discussions with some of our, our stakeholders and our partners a, along with the Board of Supervisors and of course by the guidance of our Director of Public Health as well as the Governor's Office. So I, if, uh, if I could have Barbara maybe talk a little bit, just a, a bit about variance and what that means. Yeah, thank you so much, Supervisor. Um, the, I, I think I'll just deal with the, the issue on the variance because I know that yesterday the governor announced an opportunity for counties to seek a variance. And while L.A. County wasn't listed yet as one of the counties that could seek a variance, uh, what the variance would allow us to do as a county is to proceed more quickly than the governor is proceeding with the state health officer orders on our reopening during the stage two of the roadmap to recovery. 
Um, we, we uh, again, um, will be looking through all of the information and the attestations that you need to submit. But as the governor noted, uh, particularly around the positivity rate uh, here in L.A. County, for us, it's, you know, just started to drop to about 9 percent. Uh, the state has set a threshold of the positivity rate needing to be at 8 percent uh, for over a week. So, so we're not quite there yet. Um, and that attestation uh, process uh, therefore wouldn't be able to necessarily happen uh, today. But it is something that I think as a county we can prepare ourselves uh, for that possibility. I do think Supervisor Solis is right um, that the, these are uh, complicated issues on the reopening. Uh, I think we're all working together uh, really well across the county to make sure that we do the reopening in a way that's both sensible uh, and allows for uh, everyone to be as safe as possible, particularly for workers. Um, but, but we do it with a sense of urgency. Um, and I think the governor feels the same way, you know, that, that we are on the recovery journey and we do need to attend to uh, making sure that we're doing everything we can uh, to reopen, again, as safely as possible, but understanding um, that there is some urgency uh, among all of the people in the different sectors for us to pay attention to what are the possibilities for uh, introducing protocols that guarantee as much safety as possible uh, with the reopening. So thanks for your question. Next question. Thank you. Our next question will come from David Douglas with NBC News. Thank you for your time today, Doctor. Over the weekend, we saw crowds in some places, parks, and on some of the more popular hiking trails that are open. So two questions. One, have you all set a capacity threshold where you plan to close down certain sites or set a marker for yourselves where if you aren't seeing social distancing take place, you might take that action? And two, could you speak to perhaps the importance of public recreation areas, even if, as I alluded to, they do get crowded at times, as perhaps being safer because the exposure is generally brief and quite casual? than, say, people getting frustrated with not being able to go out anywhere and, for instance, throwing a party in their backyard and having a potential spreader event, if you can just elaborate on which kind of exposure is a lower risk and what would be better overall. Yeah, thanks a lot. A great question. You know, um, you know I'm, a, I'm a public health person, so I think uh, no matter what, the, the best thing to do when you're out and about and you're going to be around other people is, is protect them by putting on that, that cloth face covering and keeping your distance. Uh, if we're doing that, you know, um, even if there are a lot of people on a trail, people are doing the right thing and there's a lot less exposure. Um, so I, this is a place where I think, you know, we all do our part. Um, we do want these trails open and we do want these beautiful places that we have all across the county um, to be places and spaces where people can go. And, and we want everyone to make sure that when you go, you keep somebody else safe. Uh, by uh, just what I said, you know, you do need that cloth face covering if you're going to be near somebody, uh, and they need to put one on if they're going to be near you. And uh, keep your distance on the trails, and keep your distance when you're uh, walking through the parks uh, or you're uh, enjoying our beaches. You know, that's going to be essential throughout the entire recovery plan. Um, and I do appreciate your second question, which is, you know, uh, where is it safer? You know, outside is definitely uh, a lot safer in many ways um, than when we're inside. And uh, it's, it's not always true if there were people very crowded together outside and they weren't keeping their distance and they didn't have face coverings on, uh, that would produce a fair amount of risk. 
But in general, uh, outside spaces tend to be places uh, where we're safer because we're not inside and there aren't a lot of objects around that are being touched frequently. Um, and in some ways, it's easier for us to keep our distance. You know, we've always said, you know, please, it's not time for parties and it's not time for crowds. Um, that will clearly, as people have noted in articles that have been written and in stories uh, that have been shown on, on TV uh, by lots of media, um, there are outbreaks associated with those parties, and, and they're pretty easy to track. Um, and again, particularly given what we know that there are asymptomatic people, people without any symptoms that are infected and can spread, party is an extraordinarily bad idea, and we would ask everyone to hold off on, on any kinds of parties or large gatherings. Uh, that just doesn't make sense. As we reopen, uh, these are the steps we get to take. Uh, we get to use our common sense and we get to protect each other. And I have a lot of confidence that uh, we're gonna do that. So um, with that, I'll take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of uh, Claudia with KNX News Radio. Please go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if the July 4th goal is something Supervisor uh, Barger discussed with public health officials before putting the date out there, and if so, uh, what was your advice on that? Thank you. Are you directing that to um, myself or to Dr. Ferrer? They have closed the line. To public officials? Public health officials? Oh, public Hello? Yeah. Hold on Thank a you. sec. Yeah, thanks a lot, Claudia, for the question. And obviously, uh, we work very closely with, with all the supervisors on the board, and we're all aiming for a date um, where, you know, our businesses are going to be able to open safely. You know, I, I think uh, it's always helpful for, for all of us to have a target date in mind. We've been saying that, you know, from the beginning. It's much more reassuring to hear that, you know, we're going to aim for that July 4th a date. I think Supervisor... Barger was really clear, as was Supervisor Solis, that uh, we're aiming for that date. We have to do a lot of things right um, so that uh, we can actually get to that date uh, of July 4th and, and have lots of different sectors reopened. Um, and, you know, we, we all do our part, and I think uh, that's a place, uh, that's certainly a goal we can reach, but we all are going to need to do our part, and we're still going to need to pay a lot of attention uh, to what the data is telling us. So uh, we'll take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Patrick Haley with NBC4 News. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you very much. Um, Dr. you've mentioned uh, over the last couple of weeks that there are testing availability slots available. Can you give us an idea what percentage, I mean, how much of our capacity we're actually using? And a second question, if you would, uh, a month since we did that first uh, serology test and got the report that a little under 5% of the county is projected to have been exposed to COVID. A month later, at the rate of infection that we've been seeing and, and are not down to zero, how many would we expect to be infected percentage-wise now? Hi, this is Christina Galley. I'll take the first question. In terms of unused slots, uh, since the testing criteria were expanded a few weeks ago, the vast majority of slots are, are currently being filled, though every day there's still a few hundred slots that are remaining empty. So for people that 
uh, do want to sign up for testing or certainly if you're symptomatic and require testing and can't get testing from your regular provider or prefer to get tested through the drive-through site, you can still obtain those slots by signing, going to the county website or signing up through the city portal. That city portal has access to both the city operated as well as the county operated and state operated testing uh, slots. Uh, there's also um, a no-show rate that typically runs around 10 to 20 percent on the slot. So we would encourage people, if you do sign up for a slot, uh, please make sure that you go so that we preserve that access uh, for other individuals. And if you're not sure that you can make a slot, uh, just wait until you know that you can accommodate the time that you sign up for. Uh, I'll also turn it over to Dr. Ferrer for the next question on serology testing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question on, ser on serology testing. Um, so, yes, I mean, the, the good news is that we're actually going to have results uh, later this week, uh, maybe even as early as tomorrow. I know the team uh, from USC is working hard with our folks uh, to put together the data. Uh, as you recall, we did another round of serology testing last week, so um, we're going to have a, an ability to actually have some real data, and we won't have to guess at the number, and we'll be able to actually, you know, either t tomorrow or the next day, will actually be able to release those results. And I, I think, again, that will be really uh, important information for all of us to have. We'll take the next question. Our next question comes the line of Dave Lopez with Channel 2 News. Please go ahead. Yes, Doctor. I hate to belabor the July 4th the date, but uh, you've answered what would have been my questions earlier. Let me ask you this. If it can't be July 4th, at what point can we, you start to worry, or experts start to worry, of so-called battle fatigue? I mean, this has been a long haul, and people want to be able to get back to some kind of life. I mean, how long is too long? Dave, could I just, uh, this is Supervisor Solis, just at the top. You know, we had a meeting today with our Resiliency Task Force, and that is a proposed group made, made up of different stakeholders. And this was our second meeting that we had officially, and we started to begin to drill down on what the concerns are and what we're hearing and how we can better equip ourselves as a county to be ready for that date. And it's going to be a slow process. So I, I, I have to tell you that, you know, our aspiration is, yes, we would like to open up sooner than later, July. Yes, possibly. That's a goal. That's a goal, but we have to get there, and we have to do it by measurement. We have to do it with scientific evidence and data, and making sure that everybody's adhering to the public health order. And, and I can tell you, as one supervisor, I have a great deal of concerns that some people are not listening to that message. So I want to drive that home, but I'll turn it over to Dr. Ferrer. Thank you so much, Supervisor Solis, and, and I think that's accurate. I mean, yeah, every, everyone is fatigued, and, um, and I, I think uh, we, we all feel like, you know, enough is enough. I, I wish the virus said enough is enough also. I mean, I wish it would just go away, uh, and I know you all agree with me. You know, we wish this wasn't going on so long, and why is reopening so hard? Um, you know, I think we all had really felt like, uh, you know, once we started to reopen, everything was going to be good, and uh, we were going to, like, just be able to move on pretty quickly. And I think the reality is that, as Supervisor Solis said, we are going to uh, really aim together to get uh, there as quickly as possible 
but we're going to pay attention to the data and we're going to pay attention to the science. And, and I think it is correct to note that um, it's going to take all of us working together to be able to do this uh, quicker rather than slower. So, you know, thanks for that question. And we'll take the, the next question, which will be the last question. Our last question comes in line of Jim Rowe. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you very much. Good afternoon, Supervisor. Good afternoon, Doctor. Uh, Governor Newsom also said, he said it twice. He said it on national television, then he said it again uh, yesterday in his briefing, that unless the federal government steps in to really help cities and states, first responders and health care workers will be among the first to go in budget cuts, suffering uh, from COVID-19, the budget cuts. What is L.A. County doing in preparation for that? Is that a concern at this point? For you, this is the largest county uh, in, in the state, I, I believe, populace-wise, and maybe even yeah. uh, not so much uh, area, but population, I believe. Is there a concern of that actually happening in the county of Los Angeles? Absolutely, and I think, um, you know, just referring back to, the, to when we started uh, with the pandemic, we took a, a very quick motion to put um, our staffing uh, on, on, freeze, on freeze mode. That is to say, we weren't going to be bringing on any new individuals, employees. We were going to take a step back. We were going to do reviews. We were also going to ask our departments to give us contingency plans, anywhere from 10 to 15 percent to 20 percent reduction in their budget so that we could prepare for the worst case scenario. However, I will say that we do have a lot of hope that um, there will be something, I think, uh, cobbled together in Washington to help provide relief to the counties and to the local uh, governments because that is something that is bipartisan. When you're talking about our first responders, public safety officers, public safety in and of itself, all of those things cross bipartisan. I mean, that, that, that shouldn't be just stuck on one party. It's for all of us to look at. It's about the safety and protection and well-being of our, of our citizens. And we know that uh, back in 2008, 2009, when we went through the Great Recession, we saw the hemorrhaging that many public public sector employees as well as our local government, city governments were faced with. It took a long time to recover. We know we can do better now by planning, but I would urge people to contact their Senate representatives right now as they're deliberating on this very important item. And yes, we are absolutely focused like a laser beam on this issue. That's the last question. <clears throat> now we're gonna transition into Spanish. And I'd like to uh, begin by welcoming everyone. Buenas tardes. Soy la Supervisora Hilda Solís de la Junta de Supervisores del Condado de Los Ángeles. También le, me, me da las gracias que estar aquí hoy con nosotros la doctora Barbara Ferrer, directa, directora del Departamento de Salud Pública. Y quiero darle las gracias a ella por estar aquí siempre cada día con nosotros. Desde el primer día de esta crisis, Escuchamos informes que no tenemos suficientes pruebas del COVID-19, pero sabemos que la única manera de proteger al público de este virus es asegurar que todos pueden hacerse la prueba si lo necesitan. Por eso, aquí en el Condado de Los Ángeles, quiero recordarles a nuestros residentes que sí pueden hacer la prueba. 
Puede hacer la prueba de COVID-19 si tiene los siguientes síntomas. Febre, tos, si no puede respirar, escalofrío, dolor muscular, dolor de cabeza, dolor de garganta y si ha perdido el sentido de sabor o de oler. Si no tiene estos síntomas, todavía puede hacer la prueba si es mayor de 75 años, tiene una condición médica crónica, es un trabajador esencial o vive en un hogar de personas de la tercera edad. Quiero dar las gracias al gobernador Newsom. Tenemos un nuevo sitio de pruebas aquí en Los Ángeles, en Cal State, Los Ángeles. La prueba de COVID-19 es gratis. Puede llamar a 211 para una cita y no deben de tener miedo. Nadie va a preguntar por su estatus migratorio o si tiene seguro médico. Con mucha confianza, ustedes pueden llamar 211. El coronavirus puede afectar a cualquier persona, pero hay nueva información que este virus ha impactado más a los latinos y africanamericanos. Muchos latinos y africanamericanos no pueden trabajar desde su casa. También es más probable que trabajen en trabajos de servicios esenciales, donde tienen más riesgos de enfermarse del virus. Los latinos y africanamericanos también tienen familias grandes y es probable que viven en casas más llenas. En hogares con más gente, las personas se pueden contactar más rápido el virus. Además, las comunidades latinos y africanamericanos sufren de otras enfermedades que les hacen más vulnerables al COVID-19, como enfermedades del corazón, obesidad, diabetes y asma. Hoy sabemos que han aumentado las infecciones del virus entre los latinos. Aquí están los últimos datos sobre casos y muertos del COVID-19 por raza. Los latinos representan más de 3,000 de los casos de COVID-19 y casi 700 de las muertes de COVID-19. Aunque los latinos son el 50% de la población del condado, representan el 55% de los casos COVID-19. Los africanamericanos representan el 7% de los casos de covid y el 12% de las muertes de COVID-19, a pesar de que representan solo el 8% de la población del condado. Esta información nos dice que todos, sin importar el seguro de salud, edad, enero, orientación sexual, raza, empleo, ingreso y estatus migratorio, todos deben de tener acceso a las pruebas COVID-19. Vamos a seguir repartiendo esta información en español y otros idiomas. Pero lo más importante es que usted y su familia se hagan la prueba de COVID-19. Es por el bien de su propia salud y también de sus queridos. Por favor, si califica, hágase la prueba. Para más información, llame a 211-211. Por favor, si use su mascarilla cuando sale de la casa para hacer compras, Debe seguir lavándole sus manos con jabón y mantenga al menos de seis pies de distancia de los demás. Y quédense en casa si es más posible. 
Juntos vamos a, a parar este virus. Muchas gracias para estar hoy con nosotros y quiero también a introducir Jacqueline Valenzuela del Departamento de Salud Pública. Muchas gracias. Buenas tardes. Para actualizarlos, eh, nos da tristeza informar que 76 personas adicionales han fallecido por causas de COVID-19. Esto eleva el número total de fallecimientos a 1,913 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Tras más investigación, eh, se descubrió que dos fallecimientos reportados anteriormente estaban fuera del condado de Los Ángeles. Para las mil 1,722 personas que fallecieron donde se identificó la raza o etnicidad. El 39% son latinos, el 29% son blancos, el 18% son asiáticos, el 12% son afroamericanos, el 1% son nativos hawaianos o isleños del Pacífico y 1% eh, se, han, se han identificado con otra raza o etnicidad. 92% de las personas que fallecieron por causas de COVID-19 tenían condiciones delicadas de salud. Hoy estamos reportando 1,183 casos nuevos. Como recordatorio, generalmente vemos más casos nuevos reportados los martes y el miércoles porque estamos recuperando el retraso del fin de semana. Esto eleva el número total de personas que dieron positivo por causa de COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles a 39,573. Estamos reportando 300 casos confirmados entre personas sin hogar. La mayoría de las personas sin hogar que dieron positivo eh, fueron huéspedes en el albergue Union Rescue Mission, donde se evaluó a todos los huéspedes. 5,914 personas que dieron positivo para COVID-19 fueron en algún momento hospitalizadas, eh, lo que representa el 15% de todos los casos positivos. Actualmente hay 1,549 personas que han resultado positivas para COVID-19 que estaban hospitalizadas. El 27% de estas personas están en unidades de cuidados intensivos y el 19% de estas personas están en ventiladores. Y seguimos viendo reducciones en el número de personas hospitalizadas. Hemos investigado un total de 430 entornos de congregación residencial y no residenciales con al menos un caso confirmado de, o sospechoso de COVID-19. De estos, 398 están siendo investigados actualmente y 32 son investigaciones cerradas. El total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 10,097, incluidos el personal y los residentes. Nos da tristeza informar que 996 personas que vivían en entornos institucionales han fallecido por COVID-19, lo que representa el 52% de todos los fallecimientos. La gran mayoría de estas personas residía en centros de enfermería especializada. Estamos reportando 641 casos confirmados en algún momento en las cárceles, eh, 497 perdón, 497 entre personas encarceladas y 144 empleados. 
La oficina del aguacil informa que entre personas encarceladas, 266 personas han dado positivo, 231 personas uh, se han recuperado, 346 están aislados y 5,217 están en cuarentena. Hay 176 casos en la prisión estatal y 695 casos en prisiones federales. La gran mayoría se encuentran en Terminal Island. Y ahora hay 20 casos en las instalaciones juveniles. Eh, publicamos todos los casos del Condado de Los Ángeles en el sitio web del Departamento de Salud Pública. El Departamento del Aguacil uh, reporta que entre su personal hay 181 casos positivos, 586 empleados en cuarentena y 1,018 han regresado al trabajo. El Departamento de Bomberos informa que 238 miembros del personal han sido evaluados para COVID-19, 22 han dado resultados positivos, 18 están aislados en casa, 19 han regresado al trabajo y, y están enfermos en casa. Y, perdón, y cuatro están enfermos en casa. Más de 358 mil resultados de la prueba COVID-19 han sido reportados al Departamento de Salud Pública y el 9% de las personas evaluadas fueron positivas. Hay citas disponibles en los sitios uh, de prueba regionales y puede hacer una cita en covid19.lacounty.gov diagonal testing. A través de nuestro condado, hay más personas que han regresado al trabajo y visitan negocios locales. Existen protocolos en nuestro sitio web uh, que describen los pasos que los negocios deben tomar para proteger a sus empleados y a sus clientes. Primero, los empleados que pueden trabajar desde casa deben intentar, en cuanto les sea posible, continuar haciéndolo. Cualquier miembro del personal que esté en un grupo de mayor riesgo de contraer enfermedades graves por causa de COVID-19, como los adultos mayores y las personas con condiciones delicadas de salud, um, deben siempre que sea posible ser asignados trabajos que se pueden hacer de forma remota o en un entorno que minimice el contacto con los demás. También es muy importante que los empleados que trabajan en el sitio no entren al negocio si, no es, si se sienten enfermos o si, o si han dado positivo por COVID-19. Para los empleados que se reportan a trabajar en el negocio, uh, los chequeos de síntomas que ocurren de manera remota o en persona ayudarán a asegurar que cualquier persona con síntomas uh, se quede en casa. Los empleados deben usar una cubierta de tela para la cara en el trabajo en todo momento y su empleador debe proporcionar esto, en perdón, debe proporcionar esto sin costo alguno para el empleado. Debe haber descansos frecuentes para que los empleados se laven las manos. Todos los aspectos del control de infecciones son importantes, pero lo que todas las áreas compartidas y de alto contacto, como los baños y las salas de descanso, deberán um, desinfectarse con frecuencia y todas las instalaciones se limpiarán a diario. Y habrá desinfectante de manos, pañuelos de papel y botes de, de basura para que usen los clientes. 
es importante que las instalaciones de trabajo, siempre que sea posible, estén separadas por al menos seis pies y que los descansos deben escalonarse para garantizar que las personas pueden uh, mantener la distancia física en las salas de descanso y en otras áreas compartidas. Para los clientes que, que visitan comerciantes uh, minoristas no esenciales, no podrá entrar a la tienda uh, y en cambio puede obtener sus artículos en la puerta o en la acera del negocio. Si hay otras personas esperando en línea para recoger sus compras, mantenga una distancia de seis pies y debe haber marcas para hacerles saber dónde comenzará a formarse una línea y los lugares donde cada persona debe esperar para asegurar de que siempre haga por lo menos seis pies de distancia entre personas. Los negocios deben completar una lista de verificación que explica uh, cómo mantienen seguros a los empleados mientras trabajan y aseguran de que los empleados y el público puedan ver esta lista de verificación. La reapertura es difícil y probablemente mucho más difícil de lo que todos imaginábamos. Y todos estamos haciendo importantes ajustes a nuestros negocios y a nuestra vida cotidiana uh, que nunca pensábamos pensamos que tendríamos que hacer. Um, estos son tiempos realmente extraños y nos afecta a todos de diferentes maneras. Muchos de nosotros experimentamos miedo, frustración, ansiedad y depresión. Y esto es difícil, queremos reconocer a um, muchos que regresan al trabajo. Es, existe esta preocupación legítima por su seguridad. Um, es importante que hable con su empleador para entender lo que están haciendo para mantener los seguros. Y si necesita hablar con alguien, puede llamar a la línea del Departamento de Salud uh, Mental, perdón, um, eh, al 800-854-771. Otra vez, 800-854-771. 24 horas al día, 7 días a la semana. Uh, ayer mencionamos que en este momento las herramientas que tenemos en esta pandemia son el distanciamiento físico y el uso de cubiertas de tela para, para la cara. Eh, todavía no tenemos medicina y, y no tenemos una vacuna, pero sí tenemos, nos tenemos uno al otro. Y les agradecemos a todos ustedes que están haciendo lo mejor que pueden uh, para este gran esfuerzo. Están haciendo una gran diferencia y sus acciones evitan el sufrimiento y salvan vidas. And now we'll go on to remarks in Spanish by Nona Alganisian. Barrior Bolorin. Snorakalen Verahaskich Marmineri Vogt Horortin. Nerka iravijaki vera berial, terekutsunere hete vialnen. I sort savov hait numen gevas yotanasum vets mahvan masin. I smart kansit yotans hitsun yerkusa vatsun hink tarekanits bartren, voronsits karasun uto unetselen urektor arochakan hantirner. Tasne inna ans karasun mekits vatsun hinge, yev tasne chorsa unetselen urektor arochakan hantirner. Sa berume entanur maheri tiva, hazar inaharus tasne yereki. Los Angeles Georgianum. Mahatsats, hazar yotharuk san yerku martkans, rasa etnikakan humba hete vialne. Yerasun inna tokos latino latinex, xan inna tokos spitak, tasne ut tokos asiakan, 
Ինչը կարևորում է այն անձանց, ովքեր առողջության լուրջ խնդիրներ ունեն, մնալ տանը և հնարավորինս խուսապել սերտ կապերից։ Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք, 1183 նոր դեպքեր։ Եվ սա բերում է լոս անջելոր շրջանի դրական 1305 դեպքեր, իսկ պասետենակ հաղաքի կողմից գրանցված 702 դեպքեր, որոնք ունեն անկախ առողջապահության բաժամունքներ։ Մենք հայտնում ենք 300 հաստատված դեպք անոթևան մարդկան շրջանում։ Ապաստան գտաց Անութևան ապրավ մարդկանց մեծ մասը, ովքեր դրական են կովիտ տասնինի համար, եղել են միության պրկարար առակելության հյուրերը։ 5914 դեպք ինչ-որ պահի հոսպիտալացվել են, եվ որը կազմում է բոլոր դրական դեպքերի 15 տոքոսը։ 19 Եվ 27 տոքոսը գտնվում են ինտենսիվ խնամքի բաժամունքում։ Ներկայումս կնություններ են կատարվում 430 ինստիտությունալ բնակչության հաստատություններում։ Դրանց թվում են ծերանոցներ, ապաստաններ, բուժման կենտրոններ, տաս հազար իննսուն յոտն են և ներայրյալ անձնակած բնայկիչներ։ Այս դեպքերից բնայկիչները կազում են 6596-ը և աշխատակազմը կազում է 3501։ Ձավովենք հայտնում, որ այս հասատություններում կովիտ տասնինով մահացել Մենք զեկություն ենք, որ հաստատված 641 դեպքեր արձանագրվել են կրյակատարողական հիմնարկներում, 497 դատապարծյալ և 144 աշխատող։ 266 բանտարկյալներ տեստավորվել են դրական, 346-ը մեկուսացված են, 231-ը առողջացել են, 5217-ը կարանտինաց 176 դեպք նհանգային բանտերում, 126 բանտարկյալ և 50 աշխատակազմ, և 695 դեպք վեդերալ բանտերում, 681 բանտարկյալ և 14 աշխատակազմ, 20 աշխատակազմի դեպք անչապահասների հաստատություններում, մենք տեղադրում ենք հաստատված դեպքերի և ընտանիքներին տեղեկացնելուց հետո։ Եվ լոս անջելոր շրջանի արձանագրված բոլոր նոր դեպքերի զեկույցը կարող եք տեսնել առողջապայության վարջության կայքում publichealth.lacounty.gov 
Los Angeles Sojani Sheriffi Varchitsun is a good summe. Harutsun make Drakan Dep Ansnakazmi match. Hink Harutsun vets quarantine matchen. Hazar Tasna Uta Vera Darcel and Ashatanki. Los Angelosi Sojani Hershech Varchitsun height numme. Xan Yerku Drakan Depker Ansnakazmi match. Tasna Uta Mekosats Vazentana. Tasna in a Vera Darcel and Ashatanki. Avelikan, Yerekar, Hisun Ut Hazar, Mart Testavor Velen, Yev Artunkneder, the Kutsvelen, Los Angeles, Surjan, Voritz in Tokos Drakanen. Yesuzumam Kajalerel Zes, Testavor Vel, Yete Unekartanishner. Tayatza Surjanain, Testavor Man Vairum, Jamadruzan Hamar, Karore Kaitzelel, Covid nineteen dot Elekani dot Gov slash testing. Business Rahangner, Vorong Pashpanumen Ashatornerin, Yev Hachahortnerin. Mer Marzum, Avelishat Martik, Martikin Veradarnum Ashatanki, Yev Aitzelum Manratzach Business. Mer Kaikumkan Arsana Grutuner, Vorong Nakaragrumen, Tezernar Kutuneri, Inch Kailer, Petke Zernarken, Irens Ashatornerin, Yev Hachahortnerin, Pashpanelu Hamar. Nach Ashatornere, of Kerkaruhentenitz Ashatel, Naravachan Debkum Portsen de Anel. Yev Tankatsats Ansnakazm Taretsner, Yevarachakan Himkum and Kats by Maner Unetsov Martik, Naravachan Debkum, Nashanaken Ashatank, Vurkaru Katarvel Heraka, Kam Impisi Michavairum, Vurin Vazaguine Hasunum, Shopuma Urishneri Head. Ashatakitsnere Petkemisht Haknen Katori Demki Dimak, Ashatavairum. Եվ նրանց գործատուն պետք է դա ապահովի։ Հաճախ ընդմիջումներին պետք է լինեն, որպիսի աշխատակիցները ձեռքերը լվանան։ Վարակի վերահսկման բոլոր ասպեկտները կարևոր են։ Հնարավորության դեպքում աշխատանքային կայանները պետք է առանձնացվեն իրարից եւ լինեն առնվազը 6 ոտնաչափով որպիսի մարդիկ կարողանան ֆիզիկական հերավորություն պահպանել ընդմիջան սենյակներում եւ այլ ընդհանուր տարածքներում հաճախորդների համար ովքեր այցելում են ոչ հիմնական մանրածախ խանութները դուք չեք կարող մուտ գործել խանութ եւ դրա փոխարեն կարող եք ձեռք բերել ձեր իրերը դրան եզրագծի մոտից եթե կան մարդիկ ովքեր սпасում են իրենց իրերը վերցնելու խնդրում ենք պահպանել 6 ոտք հերավորությունը պետք է լինի ժապավենք այլ այլ գծանշաններ որպիսի ձեզ տեղեկացնենք թե որտեղ կսկսվի գիծ ձևավորվել եւ այն վայրերը որտեղ յուրաքանչյուր անց պետք է շարքով սпасի որպիսի բոլոր իրարից առնվազը 6 ոտք հերավորություն ունենան մենք իրար հետ ենք վերաբացումը դժվար է հավանաբար շատ ավելի դժվար է քան մենք բոլորս ենք պատկերացնում եւ մենք բոլորս մեծ ճշգրտներ են կատարում մեր բիզնեսների եւ մեր առօրյա կյանքի համար որը մենք երբեք չենք մտածում որ պետք է կատարենք սրանք իսկապես ուշագրավ եւ տարինակ ժամանակներ են այսպեսով մեզանից շատերը զգում են Vah, Yastapuchun, Anhangustuchun, Yev Unkvachuchun. Sa Dushvare, Yev Yes Uzumem, Hostovamel, Voshatero, of Kervera Darnumen Ashatanki, Anvatangutan Hartsum, Orinakan Matahakutsun Arachasnum. Yerekes Nsheti, Vorhensima, Ice Hamajaraki Mech Arka Gorziknere, Fizikakan Heravoruchun, Yev Demkitsatskutsner Oktagorzele. 
մենք դեռ չունենք բուժական դեղամիջոց կամ պատվաստանյոթ, բայց մենք իրար ունենք։ Մեզանի ջուրաքանչյուրը իրար պաշտպանելու ուժ ունի։ Եվ ես նորակալություն եմ հայտնում բոլոր ձեզ, ովքեր ջանքեր են գործադրում պահպանելու մի միանց։ Շնորակալություն։ Thank you. This concludes our press conference. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.